You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's Wayne on Wednesday with Portfolio Manager at FMB Wealth and Investment, Wayne McCurry. Wayne, the budget is over. It's only been over for an hour or so. What did you make of it? Well, look, two things. First of all, the finance minister made the point very clearly that this kind of deficit is unsustainable, that unless we do something, this is the path to penury. This is heading for a sovereign debt crisis, and he named all the countries that have gone through sovereign debt crisis and other ones that had to restructure their debt to avoid a sovereign debt crisis. Mm -hmm. And he also said they're going to stabilize the debt at 87%. And just as a side comment, I remember very well when the debt was 23% under Trevor Manuel, and then it was going to be stabilized at 43%, then 50%, then 60%, then 68%, then 70%. Now it's going to stabilize at 87 mm. But the second thing he said was nothing. He didn't say, how are we going to do it? Is it one of those peculiarly South African situations where there's a meeting? There's a big meeting and there's a delivery of the results of the meeting and the, either the market likes it or the unions like it or the cabinet likes it or various vested interests like it and everyone says, well, that's good. Thank goodness that's over. And then afterwards you say to yourself a week or so later, well, where's the delivery on this now? Is that, is that the sort yes. of what you're alluding to here? That's what we've got there. He didn't. He did say specifically zero-based budgeting. Now, what that actually implies for the government, I don't know, okay? Mm. But that's a new terminology we've never heard before, the zero-based budgeting. What does it mean? Pardon? What does it mean? What does zero-based budgeting mean? <clears throat> that means that normally government budgets would be, well, we spent $100 billion last year, so we'll get a 4% increase to $104 billion. That means base budgeting. In other words, your base was 100 and it goes up by inflation or inflation plus 2% or whatever the case is. I see. Okay. Zero-based budgeting is you start with zero and you say, I must perform the following three tasks. And these are the resources I need to perform the following three tasks. And then you come to a budget. So it's got, you, don't, you don't reference last year at all. You just say, I need to do the following three things. I need X, Y, Z, so many people, so many computers, so many this, that, the other, and you come to a total. And that's what zero-based budgeting means. Now, how the government's going to apply that, I don't know. So he mentioned zero-based budgeting, and he specifically mentioned government salary bill. But that was it. He doesn't say we're going to cut the salary bill by so much, we're going to increase tax revenue by so much, we're going to cut general expenditure by so much, we're going to... Maybe it wasn't the format, because we always get that story that the medium-term budget's not the format to announce budget changes. It's not, it's not, but these are extraordinary times with extraordinarily high debt levels. The market would have been very pleased with a little bit more details. So all he actually did was he told you the numbers. Mm. And the numbers are a shocker. I mean, 300 billion deficit shortfall, call it 16% deficit to GDP, some sort of primary surplus in three years' time, some sort of debt stabilization in three years' time. So in other words, we're going to be running big deficits for the next two years before the deficit number itself starts to reduce. Excellent. And of course, government debt's over 4 trillion rand now. Hmm. 
Uh, the, the, the impression that I got, Wayne, was that uh, speaking to the two economists, very, very well-respected and well-known people in their fields, yeah, there was, a, there was a sense of relief. But I almost felt that they were saying, but we're so vulnerable. If, if there's an external shock no. or there is something, some internal shock uh, that we don't know about yet, then th this goodwill that is going to last for a few hours, maybe a few days, maybe even longer, it, it, it is a, a fragile, it's a fragile situation that has been created today. So yes, the market has breathed a sigh of relief, not the equity market, but that's because of the S&P and the Dow. Um, but yes. the, the bond market is certainly relieved. I just think that the, it is such a fragile fragile well, we're in, uh, uh, situation we're in, yeah, mm. we're in a precarious situation and you know for the first time in the new south africa if we don't do something we will head for a debt crisis and the sovereign default now it's not immediate i want to state that quite clear it's not next year no it's probably not in five years time but Unless we do something, it's going to happen. It's just a question of is it in five years' time or six years' time or ten years' time. And a sovereign default, you think COVID's devastating. Sovereign default is significantly more devastating like that. But to the minister and obviously to the government and obviously to the state president, they acknowledge this risk. And he didn't downplay that risk at all, that. Mm. He just told you quite clearly it's devastating if this happens and we are not going to go down that route. But then he didn't give any details of how we're going to avoid going down that route because there's only, there's only, there's three things the government can do. And it sounds easy, but they are, are of course, incredibly difficult things. First of all, you've got to find more tax revenue somewhere. Now, in an economy that's on its knees, to up taxes is never a good idea. Okay, it's just not. But you've got to find tax revenue somewhere. Secondly, you've got to cut expenditure somewhere. And there's only two places you can cut expenditure realistically. One is on capital expenditure, but then that, you know, that's to the detriment of the country longer term. And you can cut wages, and that's to the detriment of the government because that's where their support base lies. You know? And then the third thing you can do, which is the most difficult of all, is get the economy to grow. That should come first, really. Grow the economy, and therefore, the, yes. and, and then the, oh, tax, yes, the tax receipts you know, follow, all follow on. Yeah. Eventually, sorts itself out. Yes, exactly. It just follows on. I mean, uh, economic it's, growth it's, means it's, more taxes. It's, it's very simple. It's very easy to say, get the economy to grow. That I know, but we've been saying that for how long now? For forever. Twenty-five years, thirty years. I don't know. Now look at no, that's no, and it's unfair to say that because remember, for a number of reasons. A few internal, which the government can take credit for. Right. They did restructure the country. They did um, effectively float the RAND. They did bring inflation under control. They did a lot of good things, let's say, in the late 90s. And that set the base in the 2000s, coupled with China. Don't forget, China was a major part of the economic growth we showed from, let's say, 2002 through to 2007. I mean, we were, run, we were running surpluses, let alone primary surpluses. We were running surpluses. And we had 5% economic growth for a number of years. In fact, we grew so quickly, we ran out of electricity. So, so you can't say, so it, it would be incorrect to say, the government's made a mess of the economy for 25 years. It's wrong. They've made a mess of the economy for 10 years.
Yeah, okay. I just look at the South African Rand and the way it's gone. But anyway, as you quite rightly said, they floated the Rand and it became an easily tradable currency and it was used as a proxy for many emerging market traders, etc. But yeah, there were pockets of economic growth and some good stuff as well, close to 5%. But uh, 5% seems a long, long way away. And I will say... Yeah, I will say it was a lot of it had to do with the super cycle in China. We would not have got those growth rates without the commodity boom mm. in those years. But the government did contribute. There's there's no ways you can deny them the credit for contrib- for contributing to that economic growth. Yes, but for- the moment mm. the moment the economy slowed down, the government did. Let's put we know the bribery and corruption and the inefficiencies. Let's put that aside for the moment. It was clearly a contributing factor. But the biggest single thing was massive increase in government employment. I mean, government went up, government salary bill went up by a million people over the last 10 years. And now you're sitting with that bill now. So you're sitting with that, with that problem now. And how do you do it? But look, I suppose, I mean, maybe it's the optimist in me coming out. I can promise you from this base, this destroyed base that we now are in after the shutdown, you know, you don't have to do too much to get the economy to grow again. Eh? I mean, it's going to grow 5% next year, but that's because it's coming off the low base. But it's still going to take two years for us to get back in pure economic terms to where we were last year. But so many things have gone wrong, and the government has done so much wrong in the last 10 years. I've told you about the salary bill. The other one is just, just let's just call it uncertainty, regulatory and policy uncertainty. You know, you can sort that out. You can go a long, long way to getting the economy to grow again. But growth in this context is 2%, 2.5%. And it's going to take, other than next year, it's going to take a while to get to that. But it's not unachievable. But, you know, the government's got to sort out their deficit because, I mean, I, I was discussing this earlier on while the budget speech, while, while the minister was giving the budget speech. Mm. And it doesn't sound fatalistic. I think it's probably realistic. You know, I don't think I will see sovereign status on our debt again in my lifetime. I really think I will peg out before we go back to investment grade. Yeah. It is such a mountain to climb to try and get there. I'm not saying the economy can't grow. I'm not saying we're heading for death and destruction and mayhem and chaos here. I'm just saying with debt levels at 87% and all the things we have to get right, you know, it could easily be a decade or two decades before we go back to to sovereign status. I mean, it is a mountain to climb. And, of course, if we start climbing that mountain, things will get better from this base. But I'm just talking the pure investment-grade status. You know, it's, it's going to take a decade, if not more, to actually – no one's even going to discuss going back to investment-grade. It's such a – a far-off scenario that no one's even going to discuss the possibility of it for the next five years, let alone even think it's realistic. It's not even going to be discussed. Yeah, so it's far too far away. And you, you and I probably won't be um, won't be talking on the on the radio or on podcasts um, if it ever does come back. But we, we, we'll send each other messages, Wayne. Let's have a look at the yeah. Stock Exchange News Service now. Let's see what happened today on the corporate front. The S&P and everything is down, so that's affected the JSE. Harmony's just um, yes. come out with uh, news of an accelerated book build. We knew it was coming because they've 
come to an agreement with Anglo Gold Ashanti to buy a couple of their, ass- their assets. There's three and a half billion there. I know that's not one that you yeah. really want to look at. Uh, Tongot Hewlett came out with a, a trading yes. uh, a trading statement, and the share price is vaulting its way higher, close to fifteen percent. Did you read that, or was yeah. it too late for you? No, look, I mean, it's up almost 20%. Oh, there we go. Yeah, look at this. It's it's ticking up again. uh, Hmm. You know, whenever you – the first line of any corporate release Hmm. tells you what to expect. And the first line is, Tongot Hewlett is pleased. Ah. You know? So you read that, you know it's good. You automatically know it's good. I've seen but of a couple. Of course, we know the history of this one. Eh? No, just just before we get onto that, I would sort of dispute that statement because I've seen the statements that said we've had a relatively good year, and yet the share price falls twenty percent because um, the you know the headline earnings per share were down two hundred or something. No, so no. you have to give a little bit of um, you have no, to be circumspect uh, with these PR companies. No, no, I hear you, I hear you, but understand when you see pleased. You know, otherwise, you can say we had a satisfactory year. Often, we had a satisfactory year in difficult trading conditions. That means things were terrible, but we can blame someone else for it. Yeah, very you know? true. But when you see pleased, you just know. You just know that there's good news. But, I mean, they're coming off a completely and utterly, totally destroyed base here, as we well know. So they probably kitchen sinked this thing last year. So that it is inevitable that the next year is going to be a dramatic improvement. And that's going to happen with not all companies, but by number, the overwhelming majority of companies by number, not by market cap or by size, are going to do this. The the virus gives you a chance to, talking about zero basing, to reset your base. Guys are going to kitchen sink this set of results to June and December probably at unprecedented levels. People are going to defer income. They're going to accrue expenses. They are going to provide for bad debts. They are going to do everything possible to get as much bad information that they can in this June and December. And you know why they're going to do it? It's quite simple. They blame the virus. And then next year, you show the big boost. And then everyone's happy and we're back on track and things are fantastic. So, you know, company earnings... I mean, it's hard to quantify because we've got NASPAS and Process and all the mining companies and the gold mines and the platinum mines, et cetera, et cetera. But if you take pure South African companies, so exclude all of the above and exclude Anheuser-Busch and exclude British American Tobacco and the rest of them, if you take pure South African companies or majority South African companies, our earnings are going to be down 50 60% this year, if not bigger, if not bigger. But the fact I mean, that you're saying seen, it, the fact that you're saying it, Wayne, means that it's already it's already discounted or baked into oh, no, the it's in the market. Mm. Oh, hell yes, no, no. But then next year, or the next accounting period, earnings will jump quite significantly again. That's what you so think. So there's going to be a huge amount. I mean, you saw. I forget. Was it CMH? I forget who it was. But some guys just say profits have disappeared. They've just gone. To zero. I think CMHK combined motor holdings you're talking about. Yes, they were out yeah. yesterday, weren't they? I think. Yes. Yeah, but then they're not the only one. There's just the first one that springs to mind. Other thing you're going to see, mm. which you've seen quite a bit of, we saw another one uh, this morning, is going to be these rights issues and accelerated book bills, et cetera, et cetera, to shore up the balance sheet. I mean, you came out with it this morning. I forget now, there's so many of them. Yeah. Sun International said they're going to raise That's 1.2 right, yes. billion. That's who it was. Yeah. Precisely. Uh, they're I going just to wanted, raise 1.2. You know, I was slightly sceptical of your 
uh, your analysis of a stock exchange news service announcement when you see the word pleased in the first sentence. Well, here's one that yeah. came out from Impala Platinum. It says, Impala Platinum in Platts is therefore pleased to provide a further market update ahead of its closed period starting 30th of June. It goes on to say several innovative solutions have been developed by our management teams. What's the share price done? Down 7%. So, yeah, but I mean, this is because this is because global markets are down. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's following them. But I mean, if you go to that, if you go to, if you go to Impala and you have a look, I mean, have a wild guess how much this share price is up. In the last three years, um, well, I know it's gone from. I know it's gone. From, it went from sixteen to one hundred and seventy. It went back down to fifty, and now it's one hundred and fourteen. Correct. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's gone up two hundred and fifty percent. So there's you know this thing's run like crazy. Yeah. Which, it, and, and they all have. I mean, it's not Impala's not too. All of the platinums have. What else did we see today? What else did you see today, Wayne? Rather, um, I think we've covered it all. You you mentioned the the Sun International well, story mean, and Pepco, of course. Again, yeah, once again, Pepco is another accelerated book build. But then Breit came out with their results as well. Oh my goodness! Now I mean, this was a it's up, it's up slight up eight percent today, but off this base eight percent is nothing. Mm. I mean, this share in total is down ninety seven percent in the last five years. So Breit has gone from. Was it 180? Yeah, 170, there? 180. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, to, I mean, in, in that context, call it virtually nil. So what they did say was, yeah, look, um, we've sold off Iceland food for a lot more than what they carried it in their books at, so that's good. And I think they've got the money or they're getting the money. They raised 5.5 billion rand capital and they've got a new revolving credit facility, and they revalued all of their assets. And the long and short of it is, is they say the NAV is 8 rand a share. The thing's trading at 3 rand. Eh? 3.25. So they say the NAV is 8 rand. And I mean, New Look, which was their catastrophe, that was just their total and utter catastrophe. Because, I mean, ignore the fact that they've sold Iceland foods now. The other businesses were okay to good you know so the, the virgin active drip chain was a, an okay business iceland food was an okay business and premier was actually quite frankly a fantastic business quite it was actually an extremely good business and then they literally bet the farm and lost the farm on new look Yes, and I've always said, I, I looked at New Look. I had a good look at New Look when I was in London and around about the time. And I thought, why are you buying this? It's just another shoe shop, really. It was, yeah. it, it, there was nothing to distinguish it. I just think they thought they were bulletproof. You know, we might have discussed this before, but it's on this concept of bulletproof. And I'm talking about it now from an asset manager viewpoint. Yes. Outperforming, outperforming by an asset manager is almost as dangerous as underperforming. Because when you outperform, you think you're bulletproof. You can just do anything and tackle any risk under the sun. Yes. And and I think you're quite right in respect of um, Breit. I mean, I went to a presentation by Breit, oh, it must be four years ago now, if not a little bit longer. And Christo was there and he gave the introduction. And he made one comment which stuck in my mind. He said, if you find something, you know, maybe it's even six years ago, if you find a business and you like it, you 
put all your eggs in that one basket. You mortgage your house, you borrow your money, you get as much capital as what you possibly can, and you go in hook, line, and sinker into that business. That was his message. And when it works, that's wonderful. But he found out that when it doesn't work, Steinhoff and Breit, that's not so wonderful. No, no it's, it's a whole story. I mean, there, there are being books written about it now, and there have been books written about uh, this story. But anyway, uh, Wayne, anything else you're looking at now? Do you sit down tomorrow and say, well, that was a budget that was okay, and the world markets are doing this, and the coronavirus has not gone away? In fact, it's accelerating are you slightly nervous? You were you were a little bit bearish a few weeks ago. Yes, and I'm, I'm still I, bearish. And we've and we've been wrong. Uh, we've been wrong, don't you? Yeah, timing, timing wise, but long term or sorry, yeah. sorry, medium term, I think we may be right from what I'm seeing. Yes, look, the markets, the market. If you look, if we assume that the market was fairly valued, reasonably valued, etc., before talk about global markets now, before the virus happened. Yeah. Before the virus happened, there has to be a negative effect on earnings because of this economic disaster that we see now. I mean, the global economy is going to shrink the quickest it's ever shrunk, even including the wars, you know, since the Great Depression. So, in theory, the market should be, and I don't know the number, but let's say 15% lower because 15, the present value. Of all the earnings that are going to disappear, I worked out the other days between 10 or 20% of value in the stock market. Mm. So the market can fall 40% first and then rally up 30% or 40% and be in total 15% below where it should have been had the virus not happened. But the problem is it's, it's basically where it was before the virus happened. So there's no recognition. Let's just ignore for a moment how quickly that's happened, because that's also a concern. Let's just say we're not worried about the speed of the recovery in the stock market. We're just worried about the absolute level. And to me, the absolute level is somewhere between 10 and 20% more than what it should be, because clearly there's an impact on the stock market valuations. Now, I know interest rates have come down globally I know there's been this massive injection of capital, free money, et cetera, et cetera, but there can't be zero recognition in the stock market because of the to compensate for the the economic impact of the virus. Mm. It, it can't be zero, you know. So I still think the stock market's going to come down, but the timing, of course, you never know. And I'm not saying the market's going to fall 40 or 50 percent and go back to where it was at the worst days. Not a chance of that. The, you don't get a major bear market in a recovering economy, and the economy is recovering worldwide because the base is so low. So you don't get a prolonged, full-fledged bear market in a recovering economy. It only happens in a collapsing economy. But it's still too high, so I'm cautious. I'm cautious. I think the market could come down between 10, 15, 20% over the next X number of months. Mm. And should, and I've been totally wrong so far. I mean, massively wrong so far. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking that, I I'm sort of thinking that when our market was below 50,000, well, call it 50,000. Mm. Man, the thing's 55,000 now, somewhere around there, you're 54,000. Uh, what's you 10% know, so, here and there? But, yeah, but if it does that, I'm a big buyer. 
Okay. Because there's no inflation globally. There's no inflation in South Africa. There's no chance of higher interest rates for a medium term globally and South Africa. And off this low base, the economy will recover because the base has been so destroyed. So should that happen, I'll be a strong buyer of it. Okay, so you've got money waiting in the wings, which is very good. Yes. So in other words, we've got the Wayne McCurry put coming in there on the JSC Securities Exchange. Mm. Wayne, thank you very much for your time this evening. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. That was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.